The way your team reacts to one another can have such a strong impact on your customer's experience. In a recent survey, it was clear that incivility between coworkers not only affected the customer experience in the moment, but had a long-lasting effect on the perception of the brand. But when there is a spat going on with coworkers, what are leaders to do? And that's coming up next on Experience Leadership. Welcome to Experience Leadership, a podcast that helps small business owners and entrepreneurs just like you dare to be the exception. Join our host, service expert and master of experiences, Mark Hain, as he uncovers relevant and timely content to help you develop your business so you can take the time to work on your business, not just in your business. Here's your host, Mark Hain. Welcome to this episode of Experienced Leadership. This is where small business owners and entrepreneurs pick up core skill sets to help them work on their business, not just in their business. I am your host, service expert, and master of experiences, Mark Hain. And today, we are talking about what leaders need to do to recognize strife and conflict between their employees and what they need to do to address it. But before we get into that, I just wanted to let you know that you can follow me on social media. I am on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and of course, on Instagram. Also, feel free to leave me a review about this episode. It's always fantastic to get the feedback from you. It's fantastic to get an understanding of what you think about the episode. And of course, if you feel like you want to push back, if there's something in there that's contentious, I am more than happy to have this conversation with you feel free to post it on social media with the hashtag experience leadership. I recently was in a grocery store in my neighborhood and I was standing in line and there were probably two or three customers ahead of me, but I could definitely see from the space that I was standing in that the sales clerk, the cashier, had a problem with the cashier in the other aisle. You can really tell when people have conflicts with one another. They kind of have this thing where they gaze at each other with lasers coming out of their eyes. It's almost like, you know, these are part of the X-Men people, right? And you expect at any moment somebody's head is just going to explode from the sheer pressure of all these laser eyes looking back and forth. Of course, having that amount of strife, there is no doubt that this affects the customer service. No doubt that somehow the Feelings between these two individuals will actually affect the customers that they're dealing with. So I have for you our question of the day. Ultimately, what we're going to be talking about today is leadership and recognizing and dealing with employee interaction issues. So the question I have for you is, what steps do you take to be able to recognize strife, arguments, and so on, between employees. As I mentioned, in this grocery store, by the time I had got up to the cash, I actually joked with the cashier. You know, I actually looked at her and said, hey, smile. And she literally looked at me and said, how can I smile when I have to work with someone like that? Again, glaring over to the, her coworker. And it, it's like, I, I just really thought that this was really put offish because there's no way the two clients before me 
or myself would ever say that I received the kind of experience I was expecting. What made the matter worse was the supervisor had to come by and do something around the cash registers. She was paged to come to the cash. She came in, she did her thing, and she left. At no time did she see or did she recognize that the two cashiers were having a problem. She just flew in, did her work, and flew back out again. She didn't engage in conversation with the cashiers. Hey, how's everything going? Do you need anything? She didn't put herself in a position where she was perceptually aware of what was going on. And here's the thing about bad behavior. If behavior is not recognized and dealt with and addressed, the behavior will always escalate. Always. It always escalates towards the negative. I have a big saying when it comes down to leadership that what gets recognized and rewarded gets repeated. That is, if you see somebody doing something really great and you recognize them specifically for what they were doing, they will continue, more times than not, they will continue doing those things. However, when it comes to bad behavior, when you don't address the behavior, it's almost like you're giving permission for people to behave that way. Not addressing the problem immediately supports the toxic environment for both the clients, the co-workers, while granting permission to the employees that it's okay to behave this way. And for the supervisor to turn around and say, I didn't know about that. It's kind of like having a coach out on a football field and having two of his players going at it, making snide comments to each other, snide remarks, cursing at each other. If the coach does not address the conflict, how well will these players play together? Likewise, doing live stage plays. When we're on stage rehearsing and practicing and we're going through our blocking, which is we're going through, you know, where do we need to be? At what part of the stage do we need to be at what time and so on? If there's conflict between the actors, that can be really challenging. The director has the onus of being able to spot when these conflicts happen, because at the end of the day, the idea here is that we want to put the best performance possible. And you can't do that if people who are supposed to be friends on stage actually leer at each other and create this conflict, have this conflict between each other. So in today's episodes, I want to start talking a little bit about what leaders must do in order to take steps to correct the issue and move them forward. And so we're going to talk about six steps to address this kind of on-the-job interpersonal conflict, and we'll get to that right after this. When the spotlight shines on your business, are customers applauding or yawning? In other words, how is your business performing? Make your business a star with a new book, Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence Through the Lens of Live Theater by Mark Hain. Mark uses his business and acting experience to help you see your business like a live show so you can create a performance your customers will never forget. Buy Lights, Camera, Action today at your favorite online retailer or directly at markhain.com. And welcome back. We are talking about what leaders must do in order to intercede in interpersonal conflicts among their team members. As I was talking just before the break, I was talking about how it's imperative that as leaders, we have to be aware and we have to step into issues in order to correct them. 
and that by ignoring issues, we allow them to get worse and even give people the permission to behave in the way that they're doing so. So I'd like to talk about six steps to address these kinds of on-the-job interpersonal issues. Now, as I mentioned in my story with the with the grocery store clerk, I'm standing there as a customer seeing this stuff happen. Now, granted, the supervisor who walked in because they were paged to the cash, there was a problem. They walked in because there was something that needed to happen. And then she might have just had to go back and do whatever she was she was doing. Maybe the problem that she was dealing with before she got to the cash was bigger than the problems that were happening at the cash. But as frontline leaders, I think it's really incumbent upon us to be able to be present with our staff, with our customers, with the situation. And so a couple of things that we I think that we need to do is we need to start asking ourselves some questions. Because in my example, the supervisor coming into the cash and just then walking away, not realizing that there's conflict on the team, really showed that she didn't see the forest for the trees. Situations were right in front of her eyes. And if she had seen the look on the customers' faces, if she had seen the look on her cashier's faces, she would have known that there was something up. And so what does it take for you to be present in situations? I just read something recently about greeting people. Imagine for a second if somebody came up to you and you said, hey, how are you? And they actually cared. So many times we use greetings as a way to create conversation. But then at the end, when they say, you know, how are you? And people just go off on that and they go, oh, that's nice. And it's like, you didn't even hear what I said. You know, my, I had a car accident and I was overnight in the hospital and you didn't even hear that. You just said, oh, that's nice. <laughs> By being present, we have to say, how's everything going? And then we have to stop and listen, regardless of our agenda, regardless of what else we have going on. And you might be listening to this, but saying, Mark, you know, I have all this responsibility. I, it's impossible for me to take that focus away from everything else I have to do just to, in order to appease my staff. Well, there's a saying that I had heard when I was a young supervisor, and it was very simply, if you're not serving a customer, you damn well better be serving someone who is. And I've always taken that to heart because, of course, your front-end people are the people who are the face of your company. They're the people who are making your customers happy. And ultimately, if they're not happy, your customers will be affected. So it's really important, I think, this idea of being present is really more of an investment. It's a time investment. It's an energy investment in order to make sure that our business is on the right track and our brand is being supported. Once you have that presence, once you can ask those questions, it's really integral that you acknowledge that there's a problem. As a young groom way back when, I learned very early on that if I came home and my wife who'd been dealing with our young children all day long, and if I came and said, hey, sweetie, how are you? And I see something's wrong and I said, sweetie, what's the matter? And she goes, nothing. No, come on, sweetie. What's wrong? Nothing. Sweetie, you don't look happy. What's wrong? I'm fine. What do I do next? Gosh, I wish there was a manual for that. (laughs) But this is typically the kind of results that we get when we ask people if there's a problem. They're fuming. They're angry. And they want us to know that they're angry, but they don't want to come off whiny-assed or pegged as a problem or whatever. So people will grit their teeth and go, nothing. Nothing's wrong. It's really important that as a 
supervisor, as a frontline manager, that we acknowledge that there's a problem. We literally have to say, that's not good enough because there's obviously a problem here and I want to get to the bottom of it. Now, it's fine to say that, but then we have to get into step number three. If step number two is to acknowledge that there's a problem, we then have to go into step number three. And that is, we have to take the steps to keep the issue from affecting our customers or the production. Now, out of the six steps, this is probably the most self-serving that you will be in the whole process because ultimately, why are we in business? We're in business to make sure we take care of our clients. We're in business to make sure the clients are getting the best experience they possibly can. If there's a crisis, then we absolutely must make sure that we take good care of our customer. And like any crisis, you are there to make sure that people stay safe and they get served and your brand gets reflected in a positive light. So the next step would be to take a look at the situation. Once you're seeing that there's some conflict, even though you might not have all the information, at that point, you have to do what's best for your customers. Does that mean pulling somebody off the floor? Does that mean interceding or getting somebody else behind the cash? Whatever that might look like, it's imperative that we take a step to make absolutely sure the clients have the best experience they possibly can. I hope this is making sense to you. I hope this was, you can put yourself into this story either as a customer or even as somebody who's in the workplace who says, yeah, gosh, I wish my supervisor would do this. Or if you're a supervisor, that you turn around and go, yeah, you know what? Maybe I can be a little bit more present. So I'd like to get into four, five, and six, and we'll get to that right after this. When you're delivering an important speech to a huge audience, it's easy to lose your place or go way over time. Give yourself an advantage with the Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app. No more checking your watch or calling for time. The Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app keeps you on track with easy-to-see timers, even changing color for visual prompts during your speech. And you can set audio cues to practice or set it to vibrate so you don't even have to look. Be the pro you know you are. Download the app at speakerpresentationtimer.com. And welcome back to Experience Leadership. We are talking about dealing with strife in the workplace and specifically front of house at the grassroots level where you might have employees who have an argument or having conflict with one another. We talked about number one, being present. As a supervisor, it's imperative that you're present. Number two is to acknowledge that there is a problem. And number three was to do whatever it takes to make absolutely sure your customers or your production is sound, that you are protecting the integrity of your business before moving on to the next steps. Step number four, this is the investment part. This is the part where you have to take the time to understand what the problem is. We've already recognized as a problem. And in order to do that, not only do you have to be present, you need to have a high level of emotional intelligence. It's easy to just shrug your shoulders and keep walking. It's very easy to shrug your shoulders and say, I don't have time for this. But if our job is to protect the integrity of our business, we have to make sure that this gets resolved. Now, one of the things that I've noticed is that as adults, we stop acknowledging the fact that our feelings get hurt. When we were young, And we would come home and your mother would come to you and 
It's like, oh, Mark, what's the matter? Johnny was mean at me. Well, you go back to school and you tell Johnny not to be mean to you. You tell Johnny he hurt your feelings. Now, you know, being a 19-year-old and going back to college to tell Johnny this meant that I got plummeted and beat up. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This is when we're little. But as adults, what's not funny is as adults, we no longer acknowledge that the reason we're mad at something is because our feelings are hurt. We tend to point fingers. This person did something. This person did something. That person did something. Watch any episode of Survivor or Big Brother or Hell's Kitchen, and you're constantly seeing people pointing fingers at each other, when really the reason why people get upset is because their feelings get hurt. Lack of respect, lack of acknowledgement, lack of recognition, all these things can lead to people's feelings being hurt. And so as a leader, when you're trying to get down to the bottom of the problem, when you can separate the employees, you can really pull people aside and say, Donna, it sounds to me like your feelings are hurt. Let's address that for a little bit. And then she might come around, oh, well, Kathy did this. So you're feeling quite hurt by that. Yeah, of course I'm hurt by that. Then turning around to Kathy and saying, Kathy, what's the problem? It sounds like your feelings have been hurt. Yeah, yeah, well, Donna did this. And yeah, yeah, of course my feelings are hurt. Once we can acknowledge that feelings get hurt, it is so much easier to start dealing with the problem. So then that takes us to number five, which is to work to create a solution with accountabilities, bringing people together. And so here's the tip about this is typically when I have this kind of a conflict, I will bring people in individually to get to the crux of what is it that they see? What's the problem? And one of the magical things you can do when you do separate people You can say, so what's the matter? And they'll tell you what's the matter. And then you keep using the word, and what else? And the magical phrase, and what else, will force people to start thinking about other aspects. And there's a saying or there's a premise that it takes people five times before that you actually get to the truth. And so the problem that we first come up with in step number four, when we're actually separating people to say, you know, Donna, tell me about what's going on. And she starts going, well, Kathy does that. Okay, and what else? Well, she does this. And what else? Well, you know, every time I do, she does this. And each time that you get an answer for and what else, you're getting closer and closer to the truth. Once you ask that question, and what else, you can then ask when she says, well, that's it. Then you can ask another question. And so what's the real problem here? This is the way that you get to the crux of what it is that's bothering these people. Now, once you do it with the first person, then you can bring in the second person and do that one-on-one with them as well. Once you have clarity on what the issue is, now you bring the two parties together. And this is where you get from both of them. Can we work towards creating a solution that benefits all of us? Everybody will always turn around and say yes, because nobody wants the conflict. And of course, people want to save face. And this is where we can start to work out the solutions with all the parties. This is where we create the accountabilities. We create measurable and deliverable benchmarks and have them come up with the solutions. The minute somebody comes up with a solution that they made up, that they figured out, they will climb the mountain with this decision because they came up with the solution. 
And then number six, move on. The past is the past, right? So one of the accountability parts is there's no holding grudges. I can't tell you how many times as a supervisor, I've had to do some sort of a discipline action with somebody, create the level of expectations, create accountabilities and so on. And the next time I talk to that particular employee, they're shocked. It's like, I thought you were mad at me. It had nothing to do with being mad. But their thought process was because I was quote unquote the boss and I did a meeting with them to come to some sort of understanding. They figured, oh, I must be mad at them. So then I'm not going to talk to them anymore, which is furthest from the truth. And it shocks him each and every time that when I told him, I said, you know what? We dealt with the problem. The problem is over. Let's move on. (laughs) And it's no use holding a grudge. If people are holding a grudge, again, we go back to this idea of hurt feelings. If people are holding a grudge, it's because they're hanging on to the hurt feelings. And one of the recognitions, one of the things I came to understand as I matured, if you can call it that, I don't know if I have fully matured yet, but (laughs) is that when we get mad at something, it's because we're harping on the problem. We're not dealing with the problem. And so ultimately, these six steps help us move forward by dealing with the problem. Being a leader in a situation where there's employee strife requires that you take your time and you take the proper steps. It does require empathy and patience. I mean, there's so many opportunities, so many times when you yourself have so much crisis going on in a day, something's getting ship laid, something broke, something's not working. And the last thing that you want to be dealing with is human beings. (laughs) But it's necessary. And it requires empathy and patience. And you can't afford a snap response, nor can you afford to let issues slide. By a snap response, I mean that you can't just create on-the-spot judgments without getting all the information. That's where people will get a sense of favoritism, a sense of persecution. It's imperative that you go through these six steps. It's really important that you as a leader... Take the stance that you are being of service to your team members first. That's why they call you a leader. You manage things and you lead people. So to recap, recognize that a problem exists. Acknowledge that there's a problem. Take steps to keep the issues from affecting your business. Take the time to understand what the problem is and work at creating a solution with accountabilities. And don't forget, move on. The past is the past. Taking these steps will effectively deal with the issue as they come up while showing compassion and empathy towards the needs of your team members. This shows that as a leader, you care about what's going on within your team. This is all the time that we have for today. I hope you got a lot of information out of this that you can apply in your business. I'd love to know what you think, so please go ahead and comment on this episode. Go ahead and do a review on this episode or even better, share this episode on your social media feed and don't forget to do hashtag experience leadership. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on today's episode. And if you haven't done so yet, please go ahead and subscribe to this feed. This is will give you notification whenever I bring you a new episode, a new post and keep you up to date. I look forward to our next episode together. My name is Mark Hain. I hope that you stay safe, stay healthy, and dare 
to be the exception. Thank you for joining us this week on Experience Leadership. Make sure you visit markhain.com where you can subscribe to iTunes or by RSS so you'll never miss a show. Or go directly to markhainlive.com to watch the video edition of this podcast. While you're at it, if you found today's content valuable, please give us a rating on iTunes. Or you can share it and tell your friends all about the show. As Mark says, knowledge is power, but only if you share it. Be sure to tune in each week for the newest episode. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception. <laughs>